Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining alongside is, of course, the survivor of last week's junior boot camp, my co-host, uh, LBJ <laughs> Legends, uh, Legends Tour player and LBJ professional, Cindy Miller, and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf show. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome. Good morning. How are you? I, I'm doing very well, and I, I thought I'd throw that in there because I, I know you had actually back-to-back. Uh, you had the junior boot camp, and then you had... Uh, the adults follow right in. So how how were how did things uh, round out? You know what? Everybody was good. There was a few wines and a couple of witches yeah. that had to be tamed, but everybody did really really well. And considering there was only a few bleeding hearts and a couple cries, but that's how we measure boots. Well, but any everybody got way 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 better, way better. Well, that. That's fantastic, and and as always, you and Alan do a fantastic job. All right, so let me very quickly just remind everybody, of course, we are live here uh, on the show um, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. You can join us on blogtalkradio.com, and up in the search key, just type Women of Golf, uh, or you can also hear us at iTunes, Stitcher, and now tunein.com a little bit later if you want. If for some reason you can't join us live, just go to any of those networks, type in Women of Golf, and uh, you'll see the recorded versions there, and you can pick them up anytime. But thank you for those of you tuning in live this morning. Uh, if you want to speak to either Cindy or I, uh, you're welcome to during the live broadcast on Tuesday mornings. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And uh, you can always reach out to Cindy or I uh, about the show if you're interested in maybe uh, some different topics uh, or just some great conversation you want us to, uh, to have on the show in addition to what we're already doing. Uh, please feel free to reach out. Cindy's email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. We're going to have a great uh, conversation this morning. We're going to be starting off uh, with getting your golf season off to a great start in here in just a moment. And a little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with the Director of Business Development for Joe Fit Clothing and Accessories uh, Company, uh, Katie Miller. She'll be joining us uh, a little bit later in the show. But um, so, Cindy, let me just say first off, thank you again for, for having three great young ladies join us last week on the show, Madeline, Lily, and Victoria from your junior boot camp. Uh, three terrific young ladies. I know, I'm sure they had a good time, and uh, I know that they always learn something when they go, but uh, maybe you could just give us a little bit of an update on, on some of the things that, that went on uh, after we spoke, and then we'll get into our discussion. Well, you know what, <clears throat> really what it, golf boils down to acquiring a skill, being able to swing the club and hit the ball and hit all the shots, and then you have to be able to choose when to hit the shots and what situation and circumstance. So each day at boot camp, we make sure that we take people out on the golf course, and it's funny how the behavior styles, their personalities, which of course you know because we've done the Own Your Game series on the program yep. here, <clears throat> but depending on your, your behavior style, you know, the high D's want to go for everything and think they've got it, which I would be, um, you know, fall into that pile and believe, Oh, I got this. It's, it's good. And then you screw it up and then you get mad or apprehensive and the high eyes don't pay attention to what they learned. And the S's are really steady and usually pull off what they're trying to do and then the C's start thinking too much and can't do it. And then they get depressed and, you know, they get on suicide watch and they think it's all over and they can't right. <laughs> acquire the skill. So, I mean, you have an emotional basket case situation 
on the golf course, which we have to remind them every time, you know, now stop. You know, you've got to mess this up before you learn how to do it right, which I think that's really the biggest value of going. It's learning a new skill and then making sure that you understand what you're doing and you have some triggers that help you pull it off and then knowing when to choose to use it. And in the adult boot camp, I had four women, three from Buffalo, one from Maryland, and one of them has come four times, and the other one has come three times, and I had two newbies. And the funny thing is that the one who came three times from Buffalo really has improved so much, but she was so negative about her ability, and the one that was with her had come with her before and said, do you have any idea how much better you are? And she had to stop and say, yep. you know what, you're right. This I couldn't have done this last year or the year before. So I think that's what it's all about is, you know, making better decisions, planning, preparing, and, and producing a golf shot when you need to, and blowing it off when you don't. Say, okay, next time, we're not out here for a tournament. That's why we go in February because season hasn't started up here. But look at how much ahead you are because you have invested the time money and energy to do this to really improve so it was a huge success i really love doing them we've got another one coming up in april uh we might even do one in the fall so it was awesome thanks for asking well done yeah no problem um you know i just want to add just a quick comment and then we'll get into our discussion uh you know just about this particular um young lady that that joined you on the boot camp you know a lot of times this goes to what we've talked about before is sometimes we put expectations on ourselves that are sometimes out of reach. And when we don't reach those expectations, even though there has been improvement, um, we feel we've fallen short. And it kind of sounds to me just from what you were describing, obviously I don't know her uh, and not familiar with, with her circumstances, but it kind of sounds like maybe she had much higher expectations of herself. And when she didn't maybe reach those expectations, felt that it, she hadn't really improved and it took somebody else to say, Hey, you know what, look at what you've done over these last several years, how much better you are. But in her mind, maybe she didn't see it that way until it was brought to her attention. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I agree. And, and the funny thing is, is she was paired with a woman who's a 16 handicap and she's a 30. So, right. you know, and I know there's a huge difference between a 16 and 30. So sure is. the yep. other thing is I brought the super speed sticks and the radar detector and the 16 handicap had trouble getting the, the radar detector to 62 miles an hour and the 30 mm-hmm. handicap got it to 84 miles an hour. So now you've got the wow. 16 handicap wondering why this woman that's so much worse than her has faster club head speed, right? Yeah. And, and right. so, She's 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 digging her subconsciously. She goes, oh wow, is that the eighty-four mile an hour club head speed? And the and the the high club head speed woman who's a high C is like, why is she ticking on me? And I and you have to well, because she's jealous of you. <laughs> you know, that's right, why. Right. And and if you understand that, so I walked up to the girl that's the thirty and said, do you have any idea how much potential you have? You should be breaking ninety. And she was always, she's almost like an Eeyore going on the negative side. And it's like, stop doing that. You have no idea how good you are. Yeah. You know, you you have to realize that this other woman who's a 16 is jealous of you and you can really get better. Now, being said, you know, having said that, you need to stop and say, okay, what do I need to do to be able to get that? And she did come up to me and she goes, when we get home, we got to make a plan. Absolutely agree. We do need right. to make a plan. But yep. you need to know that there are major yep. possibilities here so that you're absolutely right. It's the expectations, but yeah. it's also the possibility. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of times they get in their own way without realizing it. And, and sometimes it just takes that, that moment, if you will, of, of sort of revelation to say, aha, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree. I need to, to do some things here. And it's good that she stepped up and said, we need to get a game plan going here. And that's obviously going to help her. Um, very interesting. Uh, thank you for sharing that. All right. So, folks, we, we, wanna, we wanted to start off the season and uh, offering some ways to really getting yourself uh, and getting your golf season off to a great start. And, and in doing so, you might want to ask yourself uh, some questions. Um, 
you know, is 2018 the year that you're going to improve your golf game? Uh, is this the year that you're going to break 100 or maybe 90 or maybe 80 is, is your level that you're trying to break? And, and or is this the summer that you're going to get better? Is it uh, important to start the season off uh, right? And, of course, it is. I, I like to flip these around, Cindy, and not so much ask them as a question, but make them as a statement. Instead of saying, well, is this the year, I would rather somebody say, this is the year that I'm going to improve, or this is the year that I'm going to break 100. And, and obviously, this is the summer uh, of Sam, if you will, and I'm going to get better. Um, rather than asking it as a question, I, and I think there needs to be a certain a, a positive uh, in, inflection when, when you talk about things, because I think that way it, it almost gives you an authoritative power over whatever it is that you're trying to do. So although they're good questions to ask oneself, I think they're better to be rephrased as a statement. Um, what, do, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, if that's your goal, I think it's absolutely the way you have to make the statement rather than a question. You have to stop and say, what do I want? Why am I here? You know, again, I'm yep. going to go back to boot camp. The woman with the 16 handicap wants to get it down to 10. Well, what do you need to do to be able to make that happen? Um, so that's sometimes you have to go through the pain to get the reward. And, and you have to say, yes, right. that's why I'm here, and this could be hard, and what's the road ahead look like? And then you have to commit to it. But if you're not really committed, you know, then – don't bother putting in the effort because you're not going to get the results. But if you're committed, then yes, right. it has to be, this is the year I'm going to really drop my handicap by three shots, you know, yep. whatever it is. Yeah. That and that's for. what I mean. So I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it just, it helps to reinforce that positive mental state, if you will, um, as opposed, not to say that the questions are negative, but, but I think just rephrasing them in a, in a more positive format like that, I think, can help you to sort of energize and get your mindset mm-hmm. in, in the right direction. All right, so, so some of the steps that we're going to talk about here this morning very quickly, um, obviously we don't have time to get into a whole in-depth thing, but what we're going to do is this, these steps are going to give you a better chance of playing early in the year. And I like the fact that, you know, as you pointed out a moment ago with your boot camp, you know, the, the one woman had said something about, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're out here now ahead of the, the season because obviously up, up north where you are, um, Cindy, it, it's uh, not quite ready yet to, to get out there and, and hit the links. So now's the time to be doing that. And here's some things that, that we've put together that I think that if you do these before you get out, especially before you get your first round of golf in this year, uh, assuming that you haven't traveled anywhere south or, or elsewhere that has a warmer climate, so this might be the first round coming up here in a month or so. Uh, these are some things that you can do uh, when you get to the driving range or, or anywhere, really, but uh, especially to the driving range uh, early in the season. And the first one, Cindy, of course, is stretching. This is a big one that I think you know as a, as a tour player and also as a teach professional and a coach uh, working with so many uh, amateurs especially, that this is a huge area that a lot of people miss the boat on, and that is stretching uh, pre and post round. Talk a little bit about that, how important that is, and uh, if there's anything that you try to do to get yourself loosened up before you play. Yeah, I definitely stretch because I'm a stiff old lady. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you definitely have to stretch. And, and you know what, else? You really have to get in shape and walking. And again, you know yes. that I'm from the north, and, and I must tell you that going from sitting on my butt and giving lessons in a dome to going down to boot camp. I mean, where every day I had over 14,000 steps and said, Whoa, you just went eight miles. It's like, Oh, my body and my eye watch are saying, where'd you go? This is so different, you know? So you really have to get in shape and it's amazing how many calories you burn and you feel better and you can swing better and you can move better. So yes, you absolutely have to do that to avoid injury. Really? Yeah, and there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, one of the ways that I like to do it, I mean, obviously, most people that have watched golf for any length of time are familiar with, you know, maybe grabbing a couple mm-hmm. of clubs and, and taking, you know, uh, swings, you know, back and forth. Um, and that's great for somebody that's maybe already loosened up a little bit. I don't recommend doing that right off the bat, especially for somebody that's been hibernating for a few months. 
uh, you don't want to, you know, start off with an injury. So what I like to do, Cindy, and this may be something that you do as well, um, I like to, to get out my driver because it's the longest club in the bag. And what I like to do is I, I like to get my feet a little bit bit further just because I, I'm getting up there in age too, so I don't have as much flexibility. But I like to get my feet a little wider than shoulder width, uh, quite a bit wider actually. And I will put the, with both hands, I will put the, of course, the club head is onto the ground, um, uh, or uh, sorry, a club head is up in the air and the, and the shaft is in the ground. And I will extend my arms out in front of me, and then I will actually bend over from the uh, hips, not the waist, the hips, because I don't want to round my back. And I will lightly do some stretching uh, just to get all of the muscles in my core and in my back stretched out. The one thing that I want to caution people about is don't bounce. You'll see people do this. They'll get out in that stretch, and they'll start sort of bouncing in the movement. That is the big, big no-no. Any uh, golf fitness instructor or any fitness instructor will tell you this, that you don't want to bounce through a stretch or any sort of movement mm-hmm. because that actually will put pressure on uh, those muscles and strain on the muscles and are, are susceptible to injuries. Uh, but that's one that I like to do because that gets a lot of your core muscles loosened up a little bit. And then I might, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I might get into swinging a couple clubs. Is there anything that you like to do, Cindy, particularly? that maybe helps you uh, sort of stretch through or get ready? Well, I put one leg over the other knee, and I try to sit to stretch out my my lower back and my hamstrings and my glutes because I'm very stiff in the lower back. Um, I do like Mm -hmm. what you just said from bending from the waist instead of rounding the back, but my lower back is really the tightest thing. And then you know what else Mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll go over to the side of the sidewalk or the cart path and I'll stretch my calves by putting my toe up and my heel yes. down and push to stretch yep. those out. That helps a lot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And let me just add, and, and then we'll move on. It's very, very important to do uh, this, especially before, even if you're going up to the range to hit, hit some balls, uh, this is something that you want to do beforehand. And I also recommend even post-round do a little bit as well because you'd be surprised at how even though you've loosened up a little bit, it's always good because as your muscles start to cool down, they'll start to tighten up a little bit. So sometimes it's good. It's the same as when you're exercising. Uh, as you said, Cindy, it's good to, to stretch out both ends. Um, I, I want to move on to putting because we, we've got to make sure we get these in. Uh, putting is something else. It's uh, one of the area. It, the short game, of course, is one of the hardest areas of the game to get sort of get your feel back. Uh, good putting is, is critical to scoring well. So we want to spend time. There's a lot of great drills that, that you can do. And uh, I think if you visit uh, CindyMillerGolf.com, you'll be able to get some of them or reach out to Cindy. Uh, she'll be able to tell you that as well. But Cindy, obviously putting is a huge thing. That's something that you worked a lot on down at the boot camps, correct? Yeah, it is. It's not only alignment, it's stroke shape, it's distance control, and it's reading the green. And, again, you know, we all know that putting is almost half your shots, depending on your skill level. It's at least a third. And I don't know that we all take enough time to pay attention to putting and distance control. And the more you can practice distance distance control, the less three putts you'll have. So very, very, very important that you know how to line up. One of the best tools you can buy is a $3 metal yardstick and you put your ball on top of the hole where it would hang, you know, the hole they use to hang it in the store off of a yep. display rack, and, and just practice putting. Number one, it helps you align the putter face square to the yardstick. And number two, it helps distance control. And number three, stroke shape because the ball needs to roll straight down the yardstick. So see if you can get the yep. ball to go straight down the yardstick and maybe try to do five or ten or 20 in a row just to challenge yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, that a lot of people really have a lot, uh, a big trouble, uh, difficulty with Cindy, I think is the speeds of the putt. They get up there, you know, they make a few short putts and, um, you know, they might get some in, in the cup on the practice green, um, but they don't really practice um, the speed, um, you know, that they need to hit the stroke. So that's something that I think a lot of people, this is a great opportunity, again, before you get out uh, out in the golf course, whether you go to a practice, uh, indoor practice facility uh, or a dome or what have you, 
Uh, if there's usually a putting uh, green or surface there that you can work on, or even do it at home if you don't have time to go out there, you can do it on a carpet. But um, work on some of your distance putting, your, what we would call your lag putting, because more often than not, most people are not always going to hit their approach shots within 10 to 15 feet of the pin. So you're going to be probably faced with a 20, 30, maybe even a 50-yard putt. If you're practicing only three-foot putts, Cindy, or even five-foot putts all the time, and then suddenly, you know, you get up in the course and half of your shots are, you know, 20, 30, and 40 yards away, and you've never practiced that, you're looking at almost a certainty at three putts because, you know, you're just not used to, to testing that, that speed. So that's something, too, as well, I, I think you would agree, that people need to work on is the distance and the speed of their putting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, they want to get a feel for the distance. Um, the next one, of course, is chipping. This is another area, too, that a lot of people um, need to spend more time on. Uh, again, you know, there's certain techniques that, that are, are critical. I mean, you know, you're not hitting a full swing here. Um, but also uh, club selection can make a difference as well. One of the mistakes, and I'm sure you see this with a lot of amateurs. Now, again, everybody's different. Um, but they'll sort of pick one club and use that for all of their chipping. And it may, may not be applicable um, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you're faced with uh, a pin that's cut way in the back and you're in the front of the green, um, you're probably not going to want to chip with a, a wedge or even a nine iron. You might want to scale down to uh, a seven iron or some people might even use a six iron because you want to get that ball on the green and rolling as much as possible and you don't want it lofted up in the air. And conversely, if you've got a, a pin to the front of the green, uh, you're not going to obviously use uh, a seven or a six iron. Then that you're going to be looking at uh, maybe uh, a nine or a wedge or maybe even an eight iron, depending on the distance. Uh, because this, in this particular scenario, you want to get a little bit more loft because you don't have a lot of distance on the green before you get to the pin. So uh, technique is everything. What are your thoughts and suggestions on that, Cindy? Well, I think when you walk up to the ball or as you're walking up to the ball, you need to assess the situation so I, I think one of the weaknesses of amateurs that don't play or compete a lot is they don't know what they should be thinking when. And once you right. hit a shot, you can relax and take a chill pill and go on a vacation mentally for you know a couple minutes, put the club back in the bag, start walking down to the next shot. But then you've got to sit there and say, okay, where am I? And, and here's another thing. You've got to watch where your ball goes. I mean, so many people have no mm-hmm. idea where their ball goes because they don't watch where it ends up. And then everybody else has to help them find yeah. it, which is also contributing to slow play. So, number one, watch where your ball goes. Number two, take a short break. Number three, you know, as soon as your two-minute break is over, start assessing the situation on what do I have coming up? And what do I need to go over? What are the obstacles? What are the circumstances? What's my lie look like? How far am I? What's the wind doing? What are my options? So I could go over here or I could go over there. And depending on your, your personality style, so a high C or an S probably <clears throat> should have a 70-30 chance of pulling off the shot. A high D or I might only want a 50-50 chance of pulling the shot off. So you've got to right. come and say, okay, do I want to go over the water <clears throat> or do I want to hit a pitching wedge and lay up over here on the side? And what's my next shot going to look like? So you're going to anticipate the next shot because so many times people hit a great drive and then they make a bad decision and then they make an eight. Oh, there we go again. Well, you didn't really weigh it all out and figure out that, you know, a six is really a good score for me on this hole. So that's what I would say is you have to weigh the options before you make a decision and then you have to commit to the decision that you make. Yeah, and it doesn't matter where you are, uh, you know, in in the in the uh, on the hole, whether like you said, is it, whether it's a piss shot or you're you're chipping around the green, it's it's crucial to assess the situation um, that you're dealing with so that you make an informed decision. And this uh, sort of really gets into not the physical side of the game, but the mental side of the game. And I think more, I think you'd agree, Cindy, that more errors are made on the mental side of the game than the physical side. Everybody focuses so much on hitting the perfect uh, stroke and, and hitting the, you know, the best shot out there. And certainly you have to have a certain uh, ability 
to be successful out in the golf course. But if you're spending, you know, 70, 80% of your time, you know, trying to hit the perfect golf shot out in the driving range so that when you get to the, to the, to the first tee and then you don't know what to do with this great, you know, ball striking ability that you've got, it, it's not going to add up mm-hmm. too much. It, it certainly will help, but it's not mm-hmm. going to do the things that you need to do. Um, the other Absolutely. thing too, Cindy, that again, uh, we want to, yeah, go ahead. That, well, again, as far as the chipping, you know, to go back to that, I don't think I really answered your question. People will just take, you know, their lob wedge, let's say, and their putter with them when they miss the green. And one of the people yep. at the boot camp said, wow, you got a whole armful. I go, well, I need to know that I have all the tools because I don't know what shot I'm going to hit right now. I haven't made up my decision. I haven't made a decision on what shot I'm going to hit. So I bring everything because I don't want to walk back to the cart. And that's another thing. Plan ahead so that you can speed up play. And then if you've got a really long way to roll it, why would you hit a lob wedge and fly it a quarter of the way there and then three putt? So you just wasted at least one or two shots. Right. But I don't know that they're aware of it. Yeah, and and I think this is what a lot of amateurs, you're exactly right, Cindy, I think this is what a lot of amateurs do uh, out on the golf course is they don't really assess the situation and they don't prepare for it when they get out uh, you know, on, on any given um, circumstance or, or hole, um, they, they tend to, you know, just sort of assume and they get up there and they don't have the right tool in hand and they just sort of make a half, you know, half-baked effort um, rather than going back and getting what they, they need or taking what they need with them. And the only way you're going to do that is obviously to assess it. Let's very quickly, um, so we can wrap up, because I, I know that we want to bring our, our guest on this morning, um, and that is, of course, the full swing. And as I mentioned you know, Cindy, we do want to make sure that we are proficient uh, in, in our ball striking ability in that. We want to do things to uh, be able to make it a little bit easier for us out there. Um, touch a little bit about that, what people should be working at when they go to the range, when they've got this opportunity before sort of uh, preseason. What are some things that they should be working on uh, to give them the best chance out there? Well, again, there's a there's a tip if you go to my Facebook page, Cindy Miller, or just my Facebook personal page. The I did a tip for the Legends Tour, and it's called the Fairway Finder. And I believe that you need to just sit on the range and make some half swings and hit the ball clean, airborne, and straight on purpose with a half swing. And if you can't do that, then your expectations of taking a full swing and hitting driver in the middle of the fairway are slim and none. So I suggest right. ball striking-wise, you lower the expectation and you start out, basically it's loosening up like you're stretching, and do half swings and just say, is the ball getting in the air? And if you keep digging to China and you're not getting it airborne, then put a tee under it. And one of the girls at boot camp, I said, I want you to play with a tee. Really? In the fairway? That's cheating. I said, well, you know what? You're going to hit the ball better. And if you can't hit the ball good off of a tee, you can't expect to hit it off a tight lie. So... Again, it's right. the expectation. So I would say, you know, if you're up in the Northeast or wherever you happen to be, if the weather's not great and it's not really in season, get to where you can have a really con- comfortable fairway finder, half swing bunt down the middle of the fairway. You will lower your scores. And then you can creep into a bigger yep. swing and you can raise your expectations. But until that point, just bunt. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, so many um, – you know, so many amateur players focus on, on trying to hit that perfect drive, you know, down the center of the fairway. And, you know, they, they just add to their anxiety when they're not able to accomplish that. And, you know, you even see um, even the professionals, you know, this, uh, watching the tournaments this weekend, both uh, the PGA and the LPGA, we saw many, many examples of, you know, players out there hitting an iron uh, off the tee, even on a par four. Uh, even in a par five, in some cases, I noticed a few times on the the, uh, the Honda Classic this weekend, uh, a lot of the, some of the best players in the world were hitting uh, irons off the tee because that's the smart play in that particular situation. So, assessing that uh, is is crucial, and I think that, as you said, Cindy, even if we just sort of bunt it down the fairway until we we sort of develop our, our skills and build up our confidence and then sort of work back. I think too many people spend too much time uh, on areas of the game that are not going to produce uh, very good results. So very quick recap uh, for those of you that want to get off to the right start, 
first and foremost, start with some good stretching uh, before you get out there. Uh, work on your putting and uh, all aspects of putting, not just uh, your short putts. Uh, practice your chipping as well, and then ultimately go and see uh, your local professional to, to get some help if you need it uh, on your full swing. And I think if you adhere to those uh, basic principles, I think you're going to be well on your way to a very successful start to this season, and you're going to be able to much easily uh, reach some of the goals that you've set for yourself. So um, do those things, and uh, uh, good luck, and I, I know that you'll have no problems. All right, we, Cindy, we've got a, a very special guest this morning, uh, Katie Miller, and she's the Director of Business Development for uh, Joe Fit Clothing and Accessories. And let me just tell you a little bit about uh, uh, Katie, and then we'll bring her on and, and join the conversation. Uh, she's an international four-ball champion uh, in 2016, 17, and 18. Uh, medalist stroke play for the 2017 U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur. Uh, she's played in all uh, U.S. four-balls uh, with four different partners. Uh, she's the Pennsylvania Women's Amateur Champion in 07, 15, and 17. And also, she is the Pennsylvania Women's Golf Association board member. And she played college golf, Cindy, uh, for the University of North Carolina. So without further hesitation, let's bring on our very special guest this morning, Katie Miller. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Honored. Appreciate it. Well, Katie, let me just uh, very quickly before we get into uh, talking about um, Joe Fit, let's talk, uh, I know you picked up the last a uh, few minutes of the conversation that Sydney and I were having while you were waiting to come on. Um, you're obviously a player, so you can talk uh, very, very comfortably from a player standpoint. Um, what are your thoughts uh, as we get into this new season? Obviously, I'm down here in Florida, and Cindy's up north. So up north, there's still a lot of folks that are sort of hibernating for the winter still a little bit. What would you suggest uh, for some of the golfers that, that want to get a good jump start to the season? Well, I mean, it's actually it's pretty much exactly what I'm doing right now, too. So I'm in um, Pittsburgh, actually, in Oakmont. So I um, I always try to go to an indoor facility, um, you know, maybe with a golf simulator or if it's warm enough, which warm enough right now, I think Sydney to us would be about 45 degrees. So it was nice here the last couple of days, hitting about 50. So even an outdoor range with heaters. I mean, I just like to get in a few swings, um, just working on good tempo, nothing crazy i mean you can even hit a a bucket full of nine irons um really and just be comfortable and and making contact feel the center of the club face that's just always my goal to get started um and then you can always you can always putt on carpet i mean i actually have a little putting um area in the house that i do have some um some turf uh, from southwest greens but uh, i will definitely use that and that's so important because then once you get out on the golf course, your first uh, three-footer doesn't really feel that foreign to you anymore. So um, just the little things. And if you, can, if you can work on those fundamentals and just good balance with some, some nine irons during the, the cold days, you'll get off to a good start. Right. And I think it's important, as Cindy pointed out too, Katie, that you want to set some realistic goals uh, for yourself. I think sometimes – uh, a lot of people put very unrealistic expectations early on in the year, and then obviously when they're not reaching those, uh, become very distraught and, and discouraged and, and ultimately end up you know, not playing maybe throughout the year or kind of give up on themselves. So what would you suggest in that area? Um, what do you try to do yourself, and what do you try to encourage others that are out there playing, um, whether it's with you or, or people that you've noticed? What do you try to say to them um, in order to sort of keep themselves real on the golf course? Yeah, for myself um, and, and what I share with others, I just try to make good swings. So at the end, um, there were a couple of junior girls that I had an opportunity to teach to the first tee, and I would tell her, at the end of the day, when you text me your score, I don't want you to tell me your score. I just want you to tell me how many good swings you made. And, and to me, that meant, did I – was I comfortable with the club that I chose? I know you guys are talking about that, you know, using a club that you um, wouldn't mm. have had you had your entire bag with you and being able to commit to that club. So did you, did you pick a club that you were comfortable with and did you make a good balanced tw- swing? And if you did, I want put a check mark on the scorecard and I just want to know how many check marks you have. I don't, I don't care what the, the score is at the end of the day. And I think that that can really help. Right. What expectations? You know, we're not. We're also result oriented, and I think when we do that in, sure. in this game, it's just you know you kind of, that's kind of when you get in your own way. Um, 
and it's helped me a lot just to focus on good golf swings, not necessarily um, the the score at the end of the whole nine holes or the end of the round. Can, can right, uh, and well said. Uh, I think. Yeah. Go let ahead, me Cindy. just ask you because I believe that you're absolutely right, and I don't think kids understand that depending on their parents because I think their parents are so result oriented and Mm -hmm. you know you can shoot 70 and hit it terrible and you can shoot 70 and hit it great but it's how do you feel about how you played and I think they lose sight of that and I think that's so sad And, and the funny thing is you'll hear a player on TV who maybe doesn't win and says, you know what, I'm really getting close. I've been working on this for the last month or year, and we're not quite there yet, but I'm getting close. So you can, you know, a month ahead of that, watch out because that person's going to win because they know what they're working on and they're very comfortable and confident. So, again, I, you've hit the nail right on the head, and that's exactly what, no matter who you are or how old you are, you need to kind of say, you know what, I really felt comfortable. And and I don't mm-hmm. really care what I shoot because I felt good about what I was doing and I paid attention and I was present for each shot. So I totally agree. You're right on the money. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Um, my my four ball partner. We just um, you know had a good good uh, couple of days at the international four ball a few weeks ago, and uh, Lauren Greenleaf and I partnered up for that. Um, I played with a different partner two years before, and um, but she she just had a bit. She just became a mom, so you know now us at Midium Golf some uh, life that jobs and family gets in the way sometimes. But uh, Lauren and I had a great week, and we're going to be playing together at the U.S. four ball. But the first day, we both played very solid. I mean, we both hit the ball really well, had some birdie opportunities. We both made two bogeys on the day and happened to do it on the same hole. So we only shot one under 18. Mm. And it was just kind of like, well, that was pretty good. Like, I don't know. We can't be mad. You know, we kind of both looked at each other like, uh, yeah, the score wasn't as good as it needs to be um, to, to, uh, to win that event. And we just, we were both happy with our ball striking. We gave ourselves some opportunities. It was just, all right, let's, let's do the same thing again tomorrow. And it's got to be, you know, we've got to have a better score for sure. And, and we did. We gave the same opportunities, um, and it was we had an awesome day. I mean, we shot eight under the second day, and um, quite honestly, it didn't feel that much different. And that that's what was crazy about it. I think it just kind of solidifies that that you know sometimes if you're just sticking with making good swings and giving yourself opportunities, it'll it'll come together. So we didn't get too upset about the results and let let everything else kind of. Um, just take care of itself. It's it's really tough to do. I think once you do it on the golf course, you you can you can experience it again. But it is I think that's that's way more difficult than uh, than I think we're making it sound right now. Well, you're absolutely right. right and exactly. again, I think you have to learn from your mistakes as well. And you sit yes. back and you evaluate and you go, you know what? We really both played pretty good. We just happened to bogey the same hole. So great attitude. And then how many did you win by? And we ended up uh, winning by five, actually. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, we oh. were in third, or yeah, we were in third after that first day. Yeah. And you can't. I'm. I'm going to say to you that I think that part of that is because of your attitude. You know, Thank you, you. were panicking. Yeah. You didn't say, "Oh, we played terrible." You know, it's like stop, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think us, us, you know, golfers and perfectionists, you know, they don't mix, and you kind of get in your own you get in your own way sometimes. And I think that that quite honestly has probably been the most improved part of, of my game personally. Good for you. Well said. Cindy, go ahead and let's start off. uh, We want to talk about uh, Joe fit. Okay. So I want to know the story of how it started because I absolutely love your clothing line. And um, I'm not saying that it's for old people because you're young and you love it and you look great in it, but I love it and I look okay in it. I just, I did order a couple things off the clearance thing, and I just got them, and I tried them on this morning. I'm like, oh, my God, they make me look thinner. I love this. So how did this yeah. Joe Fit brand get started? Tell us. Yeah, that comment you just made right out of Joanne's mouth. So Joe Fit, uh, the name of the company, does have a strong meaning behind it. Joe is the founder and CEO of the company. Her name is Joanne. She was a um, high school phys ed teacher and decided that she was not happy with what was available in the market. So she wanted to make clothing for golf, tennis, 
fitness and, and everyday wear. So that's she on a whim and a very, very strong determination. Um, she, she wanted to start her company. So she booked a flight to China, Thailand, started learning about fabric mills, um, factories, and, and just got the company off the ground. It was amazing. And then the fit part, um, it's about the way the clothing fits your body. So during the fittings, if um, it's pretty cool to watch the technical design team and Joanne work on each piece because Jo will put it on. She wants you to look thinner in all of her um, – uh, every different piece. So exactly, Cindy, what you just said. And and the motto, too, is we have something for every body, um, not just everybody. So um, from anything right. from the Bermuda length shorts, shorter skirts for some of the younger girls and a few of the girls who play on tour are wearing, and any length sleeve for a top that you can imagine, including some UV um, full length, uh, I'm sorry, full sleeve protection uh, shirts as well. So um, it, it's pretty cool. You can really find anything you could possibly possibly want, players of any age and uh, size. That is so cool. Hmm. And I had no idea that was the case because it's funny. Um, you know, certain styles look terrible on people and certain styles look great. And I've tried on Joe Fitz stuff and I'm like, no, that's not me. And then I've tried on Joe Fitz stuff and I'm like, oh, my God, this is definitely me. And I just happened to order three pieces that came in the mail while I was in Florida, and I'm like, oh, this is money. So thank you, thank you to Joe. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, it's amazing. She does. She really does such a great job. And, I mean, absolutely every aspect of it, um, you know, the skirts and the little shorts that are underneath the skirt, from the leg opening on that, it's very specific, as you know, so it's not tight and uncomfortable, um, and it's not riding up when you walk, and we have wide waistbands that provides a lot of comfort throughout your day of, you know, if you're sweaty and walking and, and you just, you just want to play well. So the last thing you should be worried about, Oh my gosh, I remember these college uniforms we had. I think I've spent more time pulling my shorts down than I did um, focusing on my yardage book. So it was, um, right. <laughs> you definitely don't want anything like that to get in your, get in your way out there. You have enough stuff going on. So um, where yeah, she's done a fantastic people- job. Where does she create the technical aspects? Does she are they created here and then made in China? So it's a it's a little bit of everything. Um, there are a few factories. We have factories in China and and fabric mills in Thailand. It's one of the most um, tech, technologically advanced mills um, that you could source fabric from. And then we have a few factories. Um, they're they're looking around sometimes for different factories, always trying to stay uh, ahead of the curve with where items are produced. But they're from a, a number of different factories right now. And um, the team, though, the company is based out of Philadelphia, just outside of Philadelphia. So that's where that's where the entire crew is: the warehouse, um, all of the designers, and you know, it's it's amazing. They'll work on something and. Joe will put a shirt on and she wants it to, you know, you want to look tall and lean. So there are, you know, darts in the back of the shirt. There's always a scooped hem. So a little longer in the front and the back and kind of scoops up on your side. So it makes your legs look longer, gives you a very elongated midsection. Um, And she'll, she'll have the clothing on and she's like, no, this doesn't look right. And she'll be looking in the mirror. And then that's where the designers from a technical side come in. And they'll pin it and, and discuss, you know, if we take an inch here, how does that affect the rest of the garment? Where, um, you know, different it, – it's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. They do such a great job. And then a fashion collection releases every other month. So you'll see different pattern and color wow. stories and, and really, really fun um, elements. And, of course, we always have the core product that is, is available all the time and that merchandises in or, you know, matches the collection that's going to launch here at the beginning of March is, um, it's like a chambray kind of performance material. So it almost looks like a little bit of denim and there's a cute little pocket on the left chest. And we have some orange and a very bright navy and actually a little bow print and seersucker, a performance seersucker. So I'm really excited about that. It's kind of bringing me back to my college days in North Carolina where everybody wore the seersucker bottom. So I'm kind of excited to to get those going here in March. You know, and that's the other thing. The fabric, you know how when you put on a pair of pajamas or comfortable clothes, 
and you go, oh, this is so comfortable. I could wear this all the time. That's exactly what this fabric feels like. Anything that I've ever gotten just feels like, oh, I just want to wear this. So kudos to her for taking the extra time. I don't think anybody does that. And make, yeah. you know, such yeah. detail about really making sure that someone's comfortable. Oh, yeah, and and she definitely does. And, and what's what's really cool about it, too, is obviously the office staff, the reps, and and the whole crew, we obviously wear everything as well. So if someone, we'll give her feedback, you know, and if it's if we love something, she keeps it going. If someone tells her, uh, I don't, I, we didn't really like this, or they'll take another look at it and make sure that it's something that they want to have in, in the line and to move forward with. So it's very cool that she, that Joe is open to all the suggestions and um, it's pretty amazing that, yeah, your, your CEO is in the middle of the room actually wearing each garment herself and, um, and taking suggestions from the team that she built around her. So it, it is pretty cool. That's awesome. Let so me, tell us about yeah, let your me ask, job. Uh, What's your responsibility? Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, my responsibility? Go ahead, Katie. Cindy, were you asking about my responsibility? Yeah. Okay. So how my relationship started with Joseph, um, it really wasn't a company started. And it's about 11 years ago now. So I I feel like I met Joe about nine or ten years ago. And I actually just started out as a, a model for them. So I had some experience just sort of random, like a couple bridal catalogs when I was in college and, um, it wasn't necessarily that I was a trained model, um, but it's, uh, I'm comfortable in golf clothes. So it was it was pretty easy. She We have a few other athletes, um, Kinsey models all the time. She was a volleyball player. So we just have a good time together. Um, and just, you know, whether we're walking down a fairway or, you know, sometimes we'll hit shots, but not, not even. Um, we definitely keep the photo shoots to a um, – with fashion, the fashion elements in mind. So we just tried to do that, but on a golf course. And um, that's really how I, how I met um, Joe Fit. And after that, the relationship just kind of kept growing. And at one point I did do, up until recently, did some local sales in the Western Pennsylvania area. And then um, my new position as a business development, we are, very excited to be in the merchandise tent at the women's U.S. Open this year, and we were at the Solheim Cup tent last year, and it's just, it's really growing. So a lot of those events, you know, take a lot of extra special attention. It's, it's an honor to be in a USGA tent, um, but we definitely take the extra time to go through the logo approval process down to, like, thread colors and just the circle around the logo it has to be right um so we're working through all of that and making sure that everything is 100 percent ready to go for the tent in shoal creek and then um just just looking for for some of those opportunities so with the usga that has actually moved on to um usgashop.com and joseph will be on there with the men's with the shinnecock um logo this summer as well so couple very cool opportunities and that's where um where my role is right now that's great very cool um katie let me ask you um with respect to the line itself obviously um there's a lot of competition out there how do you um as a company try to price yourself in such a way that the line becomes affordable for virtually anybody um, because there's a lot of clothing out there that promote as luxury brands and that sort of thing. And then there's some of your lore. Do you try to sort of stay in the middle so that it's, it can be considered a luxury brand for some, but for others, it's still affordable that anybody can, could get access. Cause that's a big concern for a lot of shoppers in today's economy is being able to afford the clothing. How do you guys try to find that balance? Yeah, there, there, there's no doubt about it. That's definitely um, always a, a, a thought. And what's, what's funny is I don't know that that is a focus. Um, we really, really focus on a quality product. Um, the, the garments are very high mm-hmm. quality. I mean, double seamed hem, um, seams, um, double stitching on those. So you can tell that if, if a buyer sees that, 
um, who, who's been in the industry for a long time, they know that the quality is very high. And once a woman wears it, she'll become a fan. So we, there's always a need, you know, I think for something that you love and will be comfortable in. So for me, if I, if I buy a pair of a, a shirt and it's, you know, I don't know, on the sale rack and it caught whatever, it's 25 bucks and it's not really comfortable and I don't like, so I wore it one time and it cost me 25 bucks to wear the shirt one time. If you have, um, right. you know, a lot of our Joe Fitch shirts will kind of fall 78, 70, high 70s, low 80s around there. But if I wear that shirt and I love it and I wear it 10 times this month, you know, then I've gotten eight bucks a wear instead of $25 a wear for my one shirt that I didn't love. So I, I think we, right. we definitely see um, the need for a fantastic fit and a fantastic quality. So it's still in, a, I think, a very, very reasonable price range and in line with a lot of other brands that are in golf shops. Um, but I do think that right. ladies fall in love with the, the fit once they wear it. And I think you, Let me ask you, hit you the something, nail one on other... the head because I just have to make one comment and then I'll zip it, Ted. Um, I believe it's also <laughs> a fact of trust. You know what I mean? I, I'm willing to pay yeah. the price if I know that this stuff is going to fit. And that's what's funny because you told me, you know, I set up an account and I want to sell the stuff. And, and I thought, you know, let me just make sure because I didn't have time to get to the PGA Superstore and they didn't have the product at Orange County National, which they should. And I thought, you know, I just want to test it out because I don't want to spend all this money on stuff that just doesn't feel right and you don't wear because I've got all kinds of clothes hanging in my closet that have tags on them. And that's not, you know, a good thing. So I think it's the fact that once women trust that, oh, this I can count on this, it's going to fit, and I'm going to look good, I'm in. I I completely agree with you. That's why, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. No, that, I was just going to say that that's extremely important um, point as well, Cindy. I, I agree that, you know, it has to people have to have a confidence level um, in, in today's economy, in today's market, that they want to know that whomever they're dealing with is providing good quality and value for, for what they're, you know, because we're all trying to be a little bit more um, money conscious these days when we, we make purchases. So it's very important that that comes across uh, in, in your brand. What I was going to ask you um, Katie was this um, I watched some of the video that uh, from the website and, and just some YouTube video that I've seen uh, over the last little while about your product and what I found very interesting which you don't see a lot in the men's collections out there is that your your wear is very um, and I guess I guess the easiest way to put it is you can cross it over into sort of multifaceted for I'll give you an example um, a lot of the men's clothing that are made in golf or, or even tennis, um, you know that's exactly what it's specific. You can't really wear it anybody anywhere else. I mean, you can, but people automatically associate it with a specific sport. What I noticed about the clothing line at Joe Fit is these are pieces that can be worn outside of that, that sports or fitness area that can sort of blend in with everyday uh, living. And was that done intentionally so that it's not just a brand for golf or t- tennis or fitness, but something that women can wear just about anywhere and, and not look like they're, they're dressed to go and play sports. Oh, ab- absolutely. Because that's how, um, you know, I mean, Cindy can speak to this too, but that's how women these days, that's how we live our lives. So, you know, I'll get up in the morning and it's like, geez, I have a, you know, I have a, a couple errands to run. Then I'm going to go play, like had my plans to play golf with my friends. We're going to eat, some lunch after, but then after that, I have to go, whatever, you know, pick up the kids or go to um, meet with another family for the kids to hang out, whatever it is. But I can wear that same outfit the whole day. I don't have to worry about changing and, and, and bringing something else with me and where's the locker room. And, you know, you can look good in that clothing and be comfortable throughout your day. So I think that that's really cool and like great layering pieces. So you can have on your, Skirt and polo, and then I pull on one of our long sleeve mocks with the zipper, zip that right. up, and I can walk into lunch or dinner and look perfectly put together um, to meet friends for a meal. So I, I really just think that that's that's kind of how 
or, or women live live their their life now, and it perfectly fits in um, with that. Yeah, and and that's something that I've noticed. You know, as I said, with with a lot of the men's clothing lines, is we don't. And obviously, I know men think differently when it comes to, to fashion than women do, but um, that's something that I've noticed that they haven't quite mastered yet and you know from what i've seen in your line as i said looking at some of the the different outfits and that on the on the website and and on some of the other social media platforms that you're promoting um is that women can take outfits that they can wear on or off the golf course and not always look like they've just been to the golf course and and um i I think that's a great asset for the company to have um share with if if you wouldn't mind uh, Katie, very quickly as we get close to wrapping up, where people can go to, to get more information or where they can go to purchase and uh, talk about maybe um, some of the um, brick-and-mortar locations. That uh, Is that something that's expanding or is, is more of it leading to the online uh, area? Well, we currently have two Joe Fit brick-and-mortar locations, um, one in Jupiter, Florida, and Harborside Place. Um, and then the other one in um, California, and you can get those exact addresses and directions on through JoeFit.com. Um, you can shop on the website, right. but we also encourage um, all of our customers and, and great experience with JoeFit because really we started in green in Greengrass locations, so country clubs, uh, golf clubs throughout the country. So if you do play at a uh, a club. I would ask them if they if they're carrying Joe Fit, and you can obviously try it on. We can they can special order anything for you, and um, it's really fun, you know, as you were saying at the beginning of the show, to work with your local PGA professional to get started for the season. They can help you out with your looking good too in some Joe Fit. So definitely mm-hmm. have those close relationships with private clubs as well, and um, you know, teaching facilities. Even like like Cindy um, was speaking for about herself possibly carrying. Um, some more of the brand and that's a great way um, to try it and and learn and get get to know the brand for yourself very good and um, the website is joefit.com correct j yep j-o-f-i-t.com and some pga uh, tour superstores as well and then we're in a few select golf galaxies very good. Perfect. Um, Sunny, any final uh, thoughts or comments uh, before we wrap up? No, I just thank you, Katie. It's so nice to meet you, and I'm so gl- grateful to develop a relationship with you and Joe Fit. and God bless you. Keep playing great. <laughs> Thanks so much. Appreciate you guys having me this morning. Have a great day. All right. Thank you very you much. Too, guys. All right. Thanks, thank Katie. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was our very special guest, Katie Miller the uh, Director of Business Development from Joe Fit Clothing and Accessories. Uh, again, you can go to Joe Fit, that's J-O-F-I-T dot com, to learn more about uh, their product line. I, it is a great uh, line, Cindy, for sure. Um, you know, I've, we've obviously had the honor of, of having a few others on here, and uh, certainly they're great in their own rights, but uh, I, I must admit that Joe Fit is a very, very well-put-together line, and uh, it's very easy to see uh, why they have become very successful uh, in, in their business. Um, we're going to be back, or actually I'm going to be back, Cindy, I don't believe you're going to be here next uh, next week, but uh, I will be back here on the Women of Golf Show. Um, Cindy, I believe you're off doing some uh, shoots with the Golf Channel. Is that correct next week, I think? I am. I am. I'm filming tips with the Golf Channel in Florida. <laughs> So back to Florida, back to the sunny south. All right, well, Cindy, um, we want to thank all of the uh, listeners for tuning in faithfully. Uh, Each and every week, we want to thank you for uh, your support of the show. And don't forget to uh, feel free to reach out to Cindy or I at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com or my email is Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments about the show, or maybe you've got an interesting topic that you'd like for us to discuss, or maybe you know somebody in the golf industry that we haven't had on here yet, Um, that you think would make for an interesting guest, by all means, feel free to reach out. Or if you just want to chat with us, uh, you're welcome to do so as well. We'd love to hear from you. Always appreciate your input. Don't forget to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf. If you missed the live broadcast this morning, you can go there and scroll down to the on-demand section. Or you can also go to itunes.com, stitcher.com, and now tunein.com and listen to it as a podcast. 
Uh, just again, type in Women of Golf in the search key there, and that will take you on all three of those uh, social media platforms uh, that you can listen to the show in its entirety. But on uh, behalf of Cindy Miller and I, I'm Ted Rico, and we will see you next week right here on the Women of Golf Show. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.